Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me, a Daily Dose. I am Lindsay Hansen, and today is April 11th. Today, you guys, is our last day focusing on our Easter studies. Next week, you guys, we're going to be in our regular Come Follow Me, Book of Mormon studies again, and we will be in Mosiah chapters 1 through 3. Today, you guys, I want to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the response of the people who were witness to that resurrection. It all starts on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, the women came to anoint the Savior. Mark teaches us that Christ died at the ninth hour. And in that time, they started marking the hours at 6 a.m. So the ninth hour was 3 p.m. Now, I want you to imagine how that must have felt. Friday, 3 p.m., his followers seeing him on the cross. Not everyone who received the death penalty was crucified. That was saved for the most egregious offenders, the people that they really wanted to humiliate, the people that they really wanted to suffer, and the people that they were trying to teach a lesson to or about. So here you are, a follower of Christ. It's 3 p.m. on Friday, and you look up and see the Lord on the cross and watch him die. And in that moment, what would you be feeling? Keep in mind, you guys, the Jewish people who followed Christ saw him as the person who was going to free them. So many of the Jews believed that the Messiah was going to free them politically. At the time, they were subservient to the Romans. And here you have Christ, the end of his life, 3 p.m. on Friday, and the Romans are still in charge, and they haven't been freed. What must they have been feeling? Hopelessness, despair, loss. But the thing is, they didn't understand. They didn't understand that the death of the Savior was actually the greatest victory of his life. That through that death and ultimately his resurrection, the atonement of Jesus Christ was fulfilled and complete. So the Savior dies at 3 p.m. The Sabbath begins at sundown. So the women in Christ's life did not have time to properly anoint him for his burial. So they placed him in the sepulcher, and that's where he laid all day Saturday. And then here you have Sunday, and these women come with all the oils and spices to anoint the Savior properly for his burial. So let's take a look at what happens then. We're going to be in Luke 24, verses 5 and 6. The women get there, and they see the stone rolled away. And the scripture said they were much perplexed. And then they see two angels, and the angels say to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Those have to be the most hopeful words that have ever been spoken in the history of all time. He's not with the dead. Why seek ye him with the dead? He's alive. Everything that he talked about, everything that he preached about, everything that he testified of, it's true. And the evidence of that is that he has risen. In 2010, President Monson said this, No words in Christendom mean more to me than those spoken by the angel to the weeping Mary Magdalene and the other Mary when, on the first day of the week, they approached the tomb to care for the body of their Lord. Spoke the angel, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Our Savior lived again. The most glorious, comforting, and reassuring of all events of human history had taken place. The victory over death. So the angels invite the women to come see where Christ was laid. 
the angel invited them to gain that intimate testimony of the risen Lord. And once they had seen that Christ actually had risen, that he was not there, the women go to tell the twelve. Verse 11 of chapter 24 says, Their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. So the women tell the twelve, and the twelve couldn't believe it. They didn't understand the prophecies of the Savior when he spoke about taking his body back up again, or of the temple being rebuilt in three days. They didn't get it. But then I love what happens in verse 12. It's almost like a light bulb clicks for Peter. Like all of a sudden, in that moment, he gained this clarity of what the Savior had been trying to teach them about his resurrection. Look and see how Peter all of a sudden responds. It says they believed them not, and then all of a sudden, 12, it says, Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher. Peter ran to gain that personal testimony of the risen Christ. So my question is, how do you and I approach our moments of opportunity to receive that personal testimony of the Savior? Do we run? Do we run to the sacrament on Sundays? Do we run to the scriptures? Do we run to the temple? Do we run to repentance? Or to those quiet moments where the Spirit can testify truth to our hearts? Do we approach those moments of testimony the same way Peter approached the sepulcher? Do we run to gain that testimony of the risen Lord? My favorite thing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the hope that it blesses us with. The knowledge that no defeat is ever permanent because of the atonement and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That when things seem dark, that when things seem impossible, when we feel like we are in the greatest despair, we can take hope and comfort because Jesus Christ rose triumphantly. And because he rose triumphantly, you and I will too. Elder Worthling gave a talk in 2006 called Sunday Will Come. And in this talk, he explains the hope that we can have because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I just want to play a clip of that for you now. I think of how, how that dark Friday was when Christ was lifted up on the cross. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, both were overcome with grief and despair. On that Friday, the apostles were devastated. Jesus, their Savior, the man who had walked on water and raised the dead, was himself at the mercy of wicked men. They watched helplessly as he was overcome by his enemies. On that Friday, the Savior of mankind was humiliated and bruised and abused and reviled. It was Friday filled with devastating, consuming sorrow that gnawed the souls of those who loved and honored the Son of God. I think of all the days since the beginning of this world's history that Friday was the darkest. But the doom of that day did not endure. The despair did not linger. Because on Sunday, the resurrected Lord burst the bonds of death. He ascended from the grave and appeared gloriously, triumphant as the Savior of all mankind. Each of us will have our own Fridays, those days when the universe itself seems shattered and the shards of, the, of our world lie littered upon us in pieces. We will all experience those broken times when it seems we can never be put together again. We will all have our Fridays. But I testify in the name of the one who conquered death, Sunday will come. In the darkness of our sorrow, Sunday will come. No matter our desperation, no matter our grief, 
Sunday will come. In this life or the next, Sunday will come. That we may always know that matter how dark our Friday, Sunday will come. Is my prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. No matter where we are or what we're going through, we can take heart in knowing that Sunday will come, that there is peace and hope and joy in the end. You know, I want you to think, if you were asked to describe the taste of salt to someone who had never experienced it, how would you describe it? I think I would be at a loss for words. And when I find myself with the opportunity to testify of the atonement and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I find myself with that same loss of words. But I have tasted spiritual salt, and I may not be able to describe it completely. And I may not have adequate words for the joy and peace that fills my soul, but I have tasted it. And I know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of all the earth. And more importantly, I know that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. That he was born in Bethlehem, lived his perfect life teaching his good news, died on that cross of Calvary, and triumphantly rose from the tomb that sweet Sunday. And because of it, my dear friends, Sunday will come in our lives. We will find hope, we will find peace, and we can have everlasting joy. I testify that it's true. However inadequately I do it, I testify that it is true. And because it's true, you and I can rejoice. Thank you so much for listening today, you guys. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.